Hello. Hi. 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 How are you? Um. Oh God. No, it's just I sound awkward right now because I was just keeping myself occupied until you came on. Oh, okay. What's up? Um, not too much. Not too much. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Can't complain. It's like my vacation week, so I'm very excited. Vacation week. I'm not used to. I mean, I'm used to it, but I'm probably. But because I don't interact with you that much, I'm not mm-hmm. used to it hearing that from you, like vacation week. Yeah, just like, and okay. it's like, yeah, like I'm just taking a week where I'm doing nothing, you know, essentially like just relaxing, you know, like not doing a whole lot of things, self care, reading books. Yeah. Damn. Well, I've been on vacation week for the past six, seven months. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, pretty I mean, pretty much people don't know what I do for a living. So, mm-hmm. and that's the best it's, and that's the best part. Yeah. Cuz nobody inqu- cuz nobody inquires until like the day we actually interact. And even then, I keep even then I keep them in the dark. I never I never I never felt comfortable telling people like my financial situation. Yeah. And I and so you can imagine when the OnlyFans review thing blew up, how much do you spend? Like none of your yeah. business. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, it is, but it is, but when people see you spend money, they assume you have money. Mm-hmm. And that's an assumption I don't mind, but I do mind at the mm-hmm. same time. It, it inspires questions yeah yeah that's that's real that's real (laughs) but um let me get this intro out the way real quick um welcome to episode oh shit 49 wow episode 49 of the riley randall's podcast i go by the name of riley ritz born and raised in brooklyn new york shout out bushwick shout out narcy shout out best eye um I rap, I used to review OnlyFans, and today I podcast. And this is my, let me see. Wow, yeah, this is probably my first, I want to say first guest of the year. Damn, my memory's elapsed. Yeah, I'm going to safely say this is probably my first guest of the year. Um, Ari... Aria, oh shit! I'm I'm already about to fuck up your first name. <laughs> it's Aria Linnell. I had it right. I knew it. Aria Linnell. Because mm-hmm. after mispronouncing Money Long, I I was pronouncing Muni. So after wow. I heard, <laughs> that's real. I didn't like. I didn't know it was Money Long until I heard someone else pronounce it. Mm-hmm. It was. Money long. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. That's 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 witty. That's a good one. Money it is. Mm-hmm. It totally yeah. is. But it's like, damn, Muni Long was kind of dope because I didn't even know her first. I didn't even know her. I even know who she really was until mm-hmm. like going through that rabbit hole in TikTok, and then led me to Wikipedia. I'm like, oh shit, she's been around for a minute. Yeah, Priscilla Renee. Mm-hmm. So she's been putting her ten thousand. Mm-hmm. She sure is. That's wow. But um, 
Speaking of 10,000, speaking of 10,000 hours, how let's, yeah, that's a weird transition for me. That, I was trying to be witty and say <laughs> how you put in your 10,000 hours. Yeah, I get it. So, how, so how did you come about? I know you used to, I know you're a church girl originally. So, how did you like transition from? Being a church girl to sing to writing or singing like R and B pop hits and shit. Um. Well, let's see. Uh, like I started out like singing real early, like real young, and all of that. Um, and then obviously, you know, churches where you get to, you know, sing for free. You know, you get to get experience for free, all that jazz. And I think my grandma had wanted me to become a gospel singer. And I was like, there's no way, there's literally no way that this is never happening for me. There's no way. And so like when I was like 16, I think 15, 16, I like kind of put my foot down and was like, I'm not singing gospel professionally. That's not what I'm going to do. And like, it was like a whole thing. And it was like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. And so I just kind of put my foot down about it. And then I've been kind of doing what I want ever since. Mm. Mm. That's, just, that's dope. That's dope. And how long have you been writing for yourself? Um, Honestly, I've been writing since I was like eight. <laughs> that sounds really long. But yeah, since I was like eight. Yeah. Eight? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. Since I was like eight. Yeah. Wow. And that's I ain't gonna hold it. That's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It really, it really is. I'm not, you know, I'm not like being hyperbolic or whatever the fuck. But I don't hear too many eight year olds knowing how to write a song shit it's people my age that are just now learning how to write songs <laughs> me, like like me like me included me included so um when you you just dropped one of your songs recently last lovers how did that collab came about um it came about because like you know well in 2020 you know everybody was stuck at home and everything like that you know and so Durand had like put out a call like, hey, I want to work with anyone. I don't care if you're famous. I don't care if you're not famous. I don't care. Just like send me something that you think I'd enjoy, you know, or whatever. And, you know, if I like it, you know, then I like it. And if I don't, then, you know, like I won't. But like, yeah. So I sent him Last Lovers that I was working on. And I really was not expecting for him to honestly like, I guess respond or want to work with me, whatever. I genuinely wasn't. And so when he did, I was shook. I was like, Oh, I didn't think that far ahead. Okay, let's go. Um, and like the rest is history. Yeah. Wow. Nah, not for nothing. That's actually dope. That's legit dope. I'm like, I'm not even going to hold it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And Nah, especially especially your promo pictures. It was like, oh shit, she went all out for this one. Thank thank you. I really wanted to, I guess, like make people know, no no no, this is special. And like I'm really and not just because Duran's on it, but just in general, like like you're I'm, okay, you're the first to know about this, but I have like an EP that's coming out. 
So, you know, later, later, later on this year, God willing, I'll be dropping an EP. So, yeah, this is like a big one. Oh, word? Mm-hmm. Wow. Nah, that's, nah, that's dope because as soon as I saw you rolling out with your stuff, that's why I was like, oh, shit. Like she's she's looking all glowy and shit. Like wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. She looked like I know like that's how I knew. I was like, oh shit, she's got manic she got man manicure and pedicures. Literally. Like nah, she <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> I did just for like the um just for like the shoot and everything. Like I put a lot of like I don't know, effort and thought into like, okay, I want this to look like this. And my photographer, Claire Perez, like we went out in like this nature preserve and like, you know, shot the the photo. Wait, 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 wait. Repeat that last part of the photos again. I'm sorry. No, no, I said like me and my photographer, like we went out to a nature preserve and like we shot all those photos of like me outside and you know, like in the forest and stuff like that. We were at a nature preserve. Oh, oh, wow. Nah, that's dope. That's dope. That's real creative. I always like, I always like the folks that takes like the most non dis. I don't want to say nondescript, but places that you wouldn't. I wouldn't think to take pictures at it just makes something out of nothing. Like mm-hmm. I always thought that was dope to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. And full transparent, full transparency. I I randomly save both cover art and track listing art mm-hmm. just just for like sources of inspiration because I have the Adobe app and yeah. I've gotten and since the 12th, since I dropped the 12th, I've like been experimenting with the Adobe app just to make my own cover art. Like mm-hmm. one day I just, you know what? Let me just see what I would do. Like, yes, it's co- it's both cost, it's cost effective, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's not about doing it because it's cost effective. It's because yeah. like, I want to see like what I can do on my end. Yeah. And so, and so far I, and so far, for any like Lucy singles I put out and shit, like I'll just put my cover art on mm-hmm. it. I haven't gotten the courage to put do like album art for my shit. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've experimented with it, but you know, whenever I get to the place of album art cover for myself, that's why I become uncertain mm-hmm. because I don't know. I don't know why, but the cover, but the Lucy cover art has become easier for me to put on it than the album cover art album cover art so that's when I'll like outsource the work meeting I'll hire somebody like yeah do the cover art for me because I'm a I'm unsure <laughs> yeah that's real it takes a lot like it takes a lot of like I don't know like maybe confidence building up in that regard like I do pretty much all of my own cover art like um so just from the start, like, when I started doing cover art, I was very nervous, too. Like, I was doing it, and I was like, I don't know what this is. I hope people don't think this is weird. I don't know how to do this. This is what I'm doing, you know, and I just kind of just kept doing it, you know, also because at the time, I didn't know who to contact to do cover art, so I was like, well, we're gonna do it ourselves, Um, and so now it's like, after doing it so much, 
I have that confidence that like, okay, it's going to look cute whenever I do it. And if I do want to reach out to somebody else, then that's dope too. But either way, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, so far I've been proud of my, nah, I ain't going to hold it. Your cover up looks good. But, um, so far, like so, like so far, so good. My cover art, my cover art's been coming out nice. It's just like I said, the album joints. Mm-hmm. That's what. I, that's what I'm like. All right, you know what? I'm not sure about this. Let me outsource the work so this way. Yeah. You know, because to me, the album cover art is like the first impression. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. everybody, because everybody judges a book by a cover. Mm-hmm. Like music, including mm-hmm. like. Music is no different. So people see that cover art, it's going to be the deciding factor of, yeah, I should listen to this or, nah, this shit looks trash. Like, yeah. I'll pass. Or yeah. it's, so, it's okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, That's so, true. so I noticed that, what I also noticed is that you're probably one of the few people, I'm not going to say few because, I'm only saying few because, I don't know too many that's utilizing it, but you're probably one of the few artists, you and Brand or- Orchestra, that's mm-hmm. still utilizing the newsletters. Mm-hmm. You're the only one still utilizing the, um, the newsletters. So, like, well, like, what is that something that you always roll out? Your, your, is that something that you always use to like roll out your stuff, or you still use that to communicate with your fans? Um, I just feel like it's, I don't know, like, it's a steady way to con- communicate with, like, the fans who, like, really, really want to know. Like, you know, if, if folks give you their email address or something like that, they really, really want to keep up with you. Where And, you know, like, these algorithms out here, they're really not in our favor. You know, like, the, you know, Twitter was down for, like, back-to-back, you know, for a while. Instagram was down, you know, for a while, like, and everybody was going through it. And so kind of having a mailing list is kind of like insurance, like, okay, this might be down, but I can still let these subset of fans know that this is what's happening um, with minimal effort, kind of like that sounds bad, but like minimal effort, because like, you know, on Instagram or something, you got to post just stuff 50 different million ways to kind of, uh, I don't know, like get it out to people because like only like maybe 30% of like your your followers will see a post at any given time so i'm gonna post it 50 different ways it's gonna be a video i'm gonna be talking it's gonna be a reels it's gonna be this 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 and that like you know whereas a mailing list it's like nope i said what i said y'all see it because i can see that you opened it and that's that (laughs) you know like that's kind of how i approach it I need to be more consistent with my newsletters because, yeah, I need to be more consistent because what, what the only thing I'm doing is like once a month. Yeah, that's it. That's that's all I could commit to. Like in the beginning when I got it, I was going to commit to like every week to every two weeks, but then it's like I don't have nothing to say because yeah. I don't want to email shit with nothing to say just to, just for the sake of I'm doing it. So yeah. I'm just like, let me just commit myself to one month. And even then, one month is like, uh, at times, it's just like, uh, I, yeah. damn, I, I really don't have nothing to say. But then they're also saying, like, 
you know, don't just email your fans when you have something to sell them or roll out with. Like, just reward them with something or make them feel like it was worth them yeah. signing up, signing up and shit. And it's like, yeah. fam, I tried doing a giveaway and it was like nobody really bought into that. So it was like, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna just pull back on the giveaways and it's like, you know, maybe it's like the matter of building trust or yeah. familiar familiar being them being familiar with you and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe like that too. Like I I wouldn't really pressure personally yourself to you know post like you know do a lot of newsletters like i don't do a lot of newsletters or whatnot and maybe i should do more but i too because i think about like when i am signing up for people's newsletters if they emailing me too much then i'd like click unsubscribe quickly because i'm like yo this is giving spam i don't really care like that just let me know what you gotta let me know period you know and i'm i could be weird so you know that could just be like how i think about things but you know by and large you know i just mostly like uh use my newsletter to like update people so it's like maybe i have a new single coming or maybe it's been a minute since I've dropped something and I just want to let people know what's been going on so they don't think like, oh, she's quit or something like that. Like, I kind of use it, yeah, like like I'm talking to a friend almost. Like, hey guys, you know, you know that kind of a thing. That's how I, I don't know, I approach it. But I don't put too much stress in it, you know? Like, the less stress I put on my newsletter content, the more opens it gets, strangely enough. Ah... Uh... And the thing I want to point about, point out about yourself is your confidence, whether it be your music or your image, you, you seem pretty confident for the most part. I don't really see you like talking down on yourself too much. Like you may be critical of your music, but that's about it. Thank you. Um, I, I do believe in the power of words. You know, I used to be someone who like talked down on myself, you know, or whatnot. But then I realized like you're you your ears, like you hear what you say about yourself. So if you're always being like, no, I can't do this or no, this, this and that, your yourself hears that and yourself is like, well, okay, no, I can't do it. You know, and so for me, you know, I've really been on like a journey of changing my words to be more positive and to speak the life that I want and strangely enough like and I just tried it I didn't really believe it for a while I was just like eh it's not gonna work eh the light like you know by nature I would say I'm I default more pessimist than optimist sometimes so for me it was difficult to like switch my perspective to positive like words and 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 things like that but once I did and like it just became a habit and second nature. I realized I started thinking about myself differently and I started moving differently and not asking for permission when it came to dropping music or what I wanted to do aesthetically. And I stopped caring kind of about what people thought about what I'm doing to a certain degree. And it's more like, now this is what I want to do. And if you rock with it, you rock with it. If you don't, there's somebody else who will. So, like, you know, farewell, you know? <laughs> like, so that's, I don't know. That's kind of, like, my um, my perspective on, like, confidence. And plus, when you talk about yourself negatively or, like, say, on Twitter or something, if I'm, like, bashing myself or something, 
you know, your followers is going to think that too. They're going to be like, yo, if she don't like herself, if she's bashing herself or something, maybe I shouldn't stream. Maybe I shouldn't buy a ticket. Maybe I shouldn't. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not, if she's not confident, maybe I shouldn't be confident in her ability. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I kind of, how I kind of see it. Mm. I re- I don't know if you're familiar with her, Breezy. Breezy, she's one of those Branston teachers. She's also um, there's a music biz stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you make, I told like I told like I told her like the only thing I don't like about my music is my voice. It's like I'm not used to hearing myself. That's still, real. like I the only time I listen to myself is, you know, to practice or rehearse for mm-hmm. when I do a live performance. She was. First thing she said was like, if you don't like your voice, if you don't like your... She interpreted as me not liking my music. And Mm -hmm. I had to tell her... I had to tell her the same way I had to tell another artist. It's like, how I hear myself, another person hears me are two entirely different ears. Mm -hmm. Because you're you're not an artist. So you're not hearing things from the way I hear it. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to how I just delivered this and how I sounded the way I delivered this. Mm -hmm. And so if I feel like there was some hesitance, damn, even even just saying that just sound weird. Like if I feel like I was hesitant delivering that line, I'm going to want to go back to the booth and just like deliver it differently because my my thing has always been nowadays, like once I finish writing something, I like I like what I have this exercise where I go over it four times. Mm-hmm. If I'm able to get through it four times with no mistakes, no, no mispronunciations, nothing, then I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. But whatever mistake or mispronunciation I make, I always reset it back to one. Mm-hmm. Like I've been close, I've been the closest to three, mm-hmm. and the second I fuck up, damn, mm-hmm. let me reset it back to one. Mm-hmm. People think you're like people think it's me being hard on myself and being weird, but the truth of the matter is, I actually enjoy it. Yeah, it's like oh shit, it's like you understand this shit is keeping me on my toes. So not only mm-hmm. when I get to the when I get to the recording booth and shit sounds like the way I want it to sound yeah. like, and e- and even then it's still gonna sound gross to me, but at least I did <laughs> the practice part. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not only I did the practice part, but. I'm also gonna be ready when it's time to do the live performances. That because you can, up. yeah, because you can tell the difference from when you you can tell the difference from when you actually and thoroughly went through it and mm-hmm. recorded it versus you just winging it on the spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I've done both. Mm-hmm. I've done both, and let me tell you, practice when you stay ready, you have to get ready. Yeah, and it come first. Versus when you're just winging it on the spot. I hate myself for the times that I just winged it on the spot mm-hmm. because I was so eager to record it because that'll be, that'll probably be the same day or if not yesterday that I just wrote it. And I'm just eager to get it out there. Yeah, yeah, that's real. Like, like that's just nasty business. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. Like, like there's a there's a place and a time for it sometimes but sometimes like also like you're saying like that that live performance ability like that's why to a certain degree I don't put stuff in the leads on my songs that I know I can't deliver live if I'm sick or live if like I don't know I have allergies that day or live if I'm just like 
moody or the atmosphere is dry like I try to make sure that like whatever people hear me sing in the leads, like I put all the crazy stuff in the back. So there, if there's a whistle tone in the back or some random weird high belting note or something, that's going to be in the back so that it's not pressure for me to perform that live. But like whatever I can do that I can consistently do night after night after night on a show, that's what I make sure to do. Um, like in the live, like in the actual like performance of it in the in the studio, like and it took me a it took me a minute to like be okay with hearing my voice. So like that's like completely normal. Like like my one of my teachers had told me like the bones in our face like makes it so that we hear ourselves in a distorted way. So when we hear ourselves uh, via recording or something we're hearing what we sound like to other people and it sounds foreign and strange to us because we the way our our faces are literally shaped we cannot ever actually hear how we accurately sound so you know it's completely normal and honestly I, I had to like just desensitize myself to it like I would just like play back the songs or play back my performance or whatever until like I kind of like got used to it and stopped cringing like hearing myself but it took like it took a minute it took a long while for me to kind of get used to it so I totally feel it I don't think I'm ever going to get you get used to it with mine no okay <laughs> no because it's like I have a thing with rapper voices like mm -hmm. you could you could tell by listening to someone like they have a voice they have a rapper voice versus mm -hmm. mine and I don't and I don't think I have a rapper voice and it's funny because you ask five different people that probably listen to my music they'll tell you differently yeah yeah like, I, I hear a rapper voice but that's just me whatever anyway <laughs> and listen to rap right yes <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. nah. I asked that because I didn't want to go off my assumptions, which is you don't give off, you know, the type of person that listens rap. Like, like okay, so what's okay? So what's weird about it is like, so I'm a church girl. I grew up like you know, like my mom was in the military and stuff like that. So a lot of times I was with my grandma. So you know, my grandma had me listen to all this gospel and stuff like that. But my mom, she's like an OG hip hop head like all of like she'll be sitting up here talking about oh, like old school stuff like a tribe called quest or native tongues or cool modi or whatever like she'll just go back in history and just talk about like you know like she has she's part of that culture so for me between being around her like my native music that I love to listen to mostly is like R&B, but from like my mom's influence and then my friends and then just, you know, my friends, my peers, my mentors, all of them kind of are like more hip hop focused. So like I have like heard a lot more hip hop and know a lot more about it than, you know, I would even think or one would think because that's everyone I'm around, if that makes any sense. You know what? I might as well just share it now because, yeah, I might as well just share it now. So this way, you know, if they do a doc, they do a documentary, documentary on me. They could just go back to, oh, this nigga had a podcast once upon a time. Okay, mm -hmm. we could use this for this. Um, I like grew up through church myself. Mm -hmm. 
up until I got to my like teenage years, that's when I stopped going. Mm-hmm. My grandma, like my grandmother, scared me out of that shit. Oh like, God! I still, like I still, rem- like my late grandmother mm-hmm. scared me out of that shit. I'll never forget the I'm day sorry. that. Nah, it's okay. Like she lived to be ninety three. She lived. She lived. The, she lived a full full life. A blessing. So, yeah. So, um. I'll never forget the day that she, what she said scared me out of it completely. Like, once you become baptized, you have to give up all worldly things. I'm like, what do you mean all worldly things? Like, enjoying TV, what? junk food, and listening to music. Like, what? What? Okay. Yeah. Like, she was a very, she was one of those hard, I wouldn't say hardcore, but she was like a strict old yeah. school Christian. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't catch her. The only thing you would catch her listening to is Christian music, and yeah. she just watches her soaps. Yeah. That's it. That, 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 that was her. So when she said, I had to give up all worldly and earthly things, that's how I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay out in this world for a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> that's real. <laughs> that, like, yeah. Like if I'm gonna like if I'm gonna die in the world, I'm gonna die according to my comfort. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I didn't want to become a gospel singer was because my grandma was just like, and just in general, they tell you like you have to live a certain way, live a certain lifestyle, live a certain this kind of way, and people are always looking like, at you. That I can't do that. Like I, I'm a like, stand, Okay. <laughs> Like being like it sound it almost sounds like being the Catholic or none or mm-hmm. like yeah no, no. I'm like <laughs> I'm sixteen going on seventeen and I'm discovering porn for the first time no you want me to give that up I'm no. screaming I'm screaming bye <laughs> no no but um I don't do I don't just want it to be an interview thing I just. Whenever I have guests up here, I lo- I want them to feel like I want everybody to have like a safe and comfortable atmosphere. So this yeah. way, we can just we can just have a regular conversation. Not I don't like those stiff ass. To me, it's stiff. You know, yeah. Interviews where you just where it's just question and answers and shit. It's yeah, like, it's like it's cool, but it's not that fun. Yeah. So I like to do it so this way people know about you. Like for for whatever audience, for whatever audience you're not reaching, this this will get that. Like, all right, this is this girl. You should listen to her. This is why mm-hmm. and shit. So, um, so speaking of self belief, ha- have you watched the Kanye documentary recently? Genius? Yes. I don't know when the next episode comes on, but yes, I Wednesday. I, okay, okay, bet, bet, bet. I, I actually like. Okay, so how do? Okay, how do I say this? So, I do not agree with Kanye West's perspective. I do not enjoy the direction personally he has gone down. That's just the thing. However, okay. I was a stan, a Kanye West stan before he like went left. You know, before things like kind of jumped off the cliff, like he's like the biggest influence to me, like as a producer and kind of like how I think of like scale in term of music. So I definitely watched it um, like and I loved it, to be honest, like 
I it reminded me of why I was a fan in the first place and it kind of made me a little wistful because you know that that Kanye of that time is no more you know so that's just but I can't wait to tune in for this week no I mean I said earlier that when I watched it it just solidified that the college dropout to me the college dropout is really an underdog album Mm -hmm. like it's really like it's really for the niggas that felt that feel slept on or Mm -hmm. or overlooked but i also understand why it also reminded me of why like kanye has the stance that he has and i get Mm -hmm. it like it just reminded like okay now i get it because whenever you listen to college dropout it takes you back to that time of your life whether it was like the happiest time of your life or the most struggling time of your life and you needed something to like get you through the day and you yeah. probably came across this. Yeah. And yeah. it just suddenly it just gave you that boost of self-esteem. Like, all right, I'm gonna be all right. Yeah. Whether high school, college, that dead end job, or when you, you didn't have that job or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Because when I first heard it, it was like it was some brand new spanking shit. I yeah. was trying to put, I literally was trying to put anyone and everyone onto to him. Yeah. Because it was, it was something brand new to me. Like, mm-hmm. and you gotta understand, I was, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. So all we know is Jay and Biggie and yes, even Nas was, we was listening to Nas out there too. Yeah. And whatever street niggas. So, to hear this, and it wasn't like niggas wasn't listening to a tribe called Quest, but by the, but that but by then, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't no new material from a tribe called Quest. So yeah. this is like by proxy, like mm-hmm. okay, this is dope, but it's some brand new shit to me. So mm-hmm. it's like, <sighs> wow. I feel so, like- but watching that documentary, watching that documentary with with a hope with the backstory to it, it was like. Yo, and it's like that's why, like that's why the old Kanye probably hits hits differently for me and a mm-hmm. lot of artists because we're going through that. We're going through that now. Mm-hmm. And when you was talking about not not even you wasn't talking about it, but it's something I picked up on, like your mom's being at the photo shoots, your mom's helping you out with your wardrobe and mm-hmm. shit. And, was, and the first thing I thought of is when. Kanye's mom Donda was just mm-hmm. giving him that vote of confidence. It was like, oh shit! So she's so Arya's getting that too. It was mm-hmm. like, damn, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, that's something I could definitely like relate to as well. Like, you know, my grandma's not here anymore, uh, but she was along with my mom. They both like have been like my support kind of in ways like a lot of parents you know like because it's the music industry, it's risky. You know, like most people want their kids to be a doctor or a lawyer, but I always, I literally have always known since I was four that I wanted to do music. And so my mom and my grandma both were just like, okay, cool. We're going to empower you. We're going to do anything we can to make sure that you can pursue your dreams. You can pursue what you want. And even to now where my mom, like we, like I'm planning my next photo shoot or whatever. And my mom's like, okay, so what's the hairstyles you want to do for that? Like, we're already kind of like talking and like that, that kind of makes you feel cool. And she's so encouraging and so uplifting 
And so when I saw the Donda, you know, documentary, it made me even more like kind of sad in a weird way of like understanding, you know, the grief, you know, that Kanye must be going through because, you know, like I would never want to experience that. I, I don't know how I would be, you know, if I had to go through what he he went through in losing his mom. So like we rebuked that, but, but yeah, like I I would probably be lost too. And I would probably be struck in a weird way. So, you know, I don't know. It gave so much more context. And I also felt like, yeah, I can definitely relate even like even more to like this version of Kanye. Yeah. No, nah, but I'm jealous of those that actually get that versus the ones that don't because they're too busy, you know, trying to survive. Yeah. So then, so we don't all get that vote of confidence. It's like, nigga, I got bills to pay. The fuck you talking mm-hmm. about with rap? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Yeah, okay, champ. Oh God, not champ. Oh God, no. <laughs> okay, okay, champ. Yeah, you, yeah, you do that. So you got to give your like, you got to give yourself like the battery on your back. And I was just watching. And I saw a little clip of The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. I hate myself for revisiting The Breakfast Club clips, but <laughs> I do. And Charlamagne was like, damn, you got to let that hurt go. And it's like, and he was like, it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. And I get it from both sides of the fence. It's like, when you carry that, when you, when you have that chip on your shoulder along the way, it's like you're not going to be able to, to enjoy your success mm-hmm. because you're still in that mode of proving other people wrong. You're, mm-hmm. like, you're not going to be able to fully enjoy your success because you're thinking about the times where you didn't get that support where you felt you needed the most. Mm-hmm. So, but on the other hand, but on the other hand, it's like, why couldn't you just, why couldn't you just believe in me? Mm-hmm. Why did why did it have like why did I have to prove my why did I have to prove my worth for you to, for mm-hmm. you to see it and it goes back to something even I learned going through the only fans with you is like people don't like it's rare that people believe in other people you may, you may get a handful of people that believe in you but for the most part people don't believe in people they believe mm-hmm. in results mm-hmm. it's only until they see the results is that oh shit. That person is about something. Yeah. Because anybody could talk a good game is just only a few are gonna see it through and deliver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So exactly. mm-hmm. I understand from both sides of the fence, but it's like but it's like in this climate is it's just weird, which is why whenever I see people talking about, oh, like remember that scene when Kanye went to the Rockefeller office to play and perform all falls down and people are just not paying him no mind. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. like, like you have stressful. to consider two things. Yeah. Like, but you have to consider two things. One, like office environment. Mm-hmm. On one hand, you're doing it in an office environment where people are multitasking <laughs> and working. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're annoying you. They just have a job to do. Literally. But on the other hand, it's like it's a record label. Mm-hmm. Aren't you aren't y'all supposed to discover talent and shit? Mm-hmm. So I'm so I'm confused. But it's like people saying that and say, 
People ignoring all falls down. People ignoring Kanye all falls down. And this is where, I'm not going to lie, this is where I get triggered at because they're only saying that because they know of Kanye now. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to say you would ignore listening to all falls down because you know of Kanye now. Mm-hmm. But if Kanye would have come out with the college dropout, let's say this year, it would be the same result, if not worse. Mm-hmm. I see it every like y'all show it every day. Not y'all, mm-hmm. but in general, like yeah, y'all show yeah. it every y'all show it every day. Mm-hmm. Y'all like y'all would have gave him the like feedback, like oh, what is this old nigga music? Mm-hmm. Like these drums sound repetitive. Can he switch it up? His mm-hmm. vocal mix sound vocal mix sounds trash. Like this nigga look weird. He sound weird. Who the fuck is he? Like, mm-hmm. It would have been though. It would have been those type of. It would have been those type of criticisms and mm-hmm. worse. Mm-hmm. So I hate when people say that they would have gave Kanye the time of day. When no, if he was an unknown coming out now with the college drop, y'all would have panned it because it's not the sound that. It's not the popular sound that it is today. Maybe mm-hmm. if it was above trap drum, trap drums and he was saying some different shit, mm-hmm. then yeah, you might have embraced him. Yeah. Keyword might. Mm-hmm. Like people don't co-sign shit until they see other people co-signing shit, or they have that one name backing it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, y'all would have paid. Y'all would have paid them no mind. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion on it. No, you're you're completely right. Like I've been making music for three thousand bajillion years, and people have just now kind of started to pay attention to me. And so, for me, like it, it's like on one hand, like it's kind of like eh, like but at the same time, I'm just like, you know, like I understand that that's how people operate, and like because it used to bother me for a long time that like people only listen to people if like somebody else was saying that they were cool or whatever. It really like used to bother me like a, a while ago, like maybe five years ago or something. But then I literally was just like, I don't know what it was. I just like told myself, I'm like, look, this how people are this is how it is so rather than fighting everyone or like taking it personally it's not personal they don't even know you so just continue doing what you do and you know figuring out how to make that work for you now that you understand that that's how things go how do you make that work for you how do you uh, essentially like finesse that into your own advantage and so I kind of I don't know I kind of like emotionally started to distance myself from like caring specifically about what people like thought about what I was doing because it was impacting me too much and I realized look if I'm gonna keep doing this I need to not care because they're not going to care until I have a Grammy in my hand or some big famous person is you know saying I'm awesome or something like that so I have to care way more than they do. And I also have to not care about what they think. You know, it was difficult. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was definitely a struggle. But now I'm just like, I don't know. I'm more in tune with what I want to express. And I'm more like, this is what I want to put out. This is what I want to say. This is how I want to do it. I kind of immerse myself in that more than I immerse myself in the attention I think I should be getting or what I'm not getting or something. And it makes it easier on myself mentally in that way that I don't know if if I'm making sense, but yeah, it makes it easier for me that way. No, it makes sense. And I'm not going to lie. That's something I currently struggle with because 
it's it's always this phrase I try to keep. It, whenever I get upset, it's always a phrase I try to keep in mind, and I just learned that from lottery. T- and ever since I watched lottery ticket, I try to keep that in mind: is that people will be people. Yeah. That's the phrase I try to keep in mind whenever I find myself getting upset. People will be people. Mm-hmm. Don't expect more from them. Don't expect less from them. Just yeah. people will be people. Mm-hmm. And it's like and that, and that's when that phrase is kicking. I'm like, yo, people are fucking dumb. They're hypocritical. <laughs> They're idiots. People will be people. Mm-hmm. Because that's a helpful phrase. Because I'm not gonna lie, that Kanye documentary was triggering. Hold mm-hmm. it. It was triggering. It's like y'all so y'all such fucking hypocrites. Mm-hmm. I would not be this way today. People will be people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like even the taste make even the taste makers, people will be people. Mm-hmm. You can't control it. Literally. Just yeah. focus on like just like just focus on just focus on your own work. And then one other part that Got my, but even with that, it's just people are learning more stuff about Kanye. Even when he had his mentor, mm-hmm. like that shit blew my mind. He was just hanging out with his mentor early in the day, and then later in the day, his own mentor just goes to the radio station and just badmouths him and drops a diss track on him. And Kanye, yeah, it is wild. And Kanye really, and you can tell Kanye really felt fucking disappointed, like. Damn, As should. Like, like I just big this man up. Like I was right, I was just right in his face, and I was like, "Damn, that's how." Like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, "Okay, that's how he really felt about you." Mm-hmm. It's like, it had nothing. To, like, and you know what it is? It's like, it's one of those the teacher is mad that the student surpassed him. Yeah, it's ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he feels like I'm. I should be getting the success that he's getting. Mm-hmm. I should be sign I should be close to Jay-Z and them, not him. I showed them what he knows. How the fuck? And it's like, you served your purpose. To me, it's like you served your purpose. Mm-hmm. You served your purpose. It's like, it's fucked up. Not everybody's gonna make it to the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. But just because you don't make it to the mountaintop doesn't mean that you're useless. Like mm-hmm. you still serve a purpose just through different means. Mm-hmm. That just means you're showing the next generation the way and how they could take it from there. Kanye was one of those. Mm-hmm. You showed them the way and he took it further than you could. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a success story. I would be bragging about that shit for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I like I taught Kanye this, that, and the third. You're a success story. If anybody, more people are going to want to fuck with you. Literally, yeah. Mm-hmm. But people see it as, I be getting that success. That's not fair. Fuck mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's like damn. Boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like just because you didn't make it, you didn't see your, just because you didn't go as far as you wanted to make. Like that's the thing. He didn't make peace to yeah. what he didn't make peace with that. And it's that and it also serves as more important than ever, what do you define as success? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you can't base your success on what your peers are saying to you or what you're seeing on TV or mm-hmm. what's being projected to you. That's why that's when I also was reminded like it's more important to define what success means to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that being said, like what do you define as your success? 
I mean, okay, so I have two different layers of success, right? So the first layer, I will be real. For me, like the ultimate success is hitting it in the in the mainstream. Like that, that is the ultimate of success for me personally. But on another level, the personal level of success is okay, with I like break it down into smaller chunks. Like like let's let's use the last lovers for example. I already feel like it's a success and it's been out for like two weeks or tomorrow it'll be two weeks. And I feel like it's a success because it's done better than any of my previous songs because I felt like my rollout, how I did things was cohesive. You know, I feel like it's a success because I got a lot of positive feedback from people authentically. I feel like it's a success for all of these like reasons and all of that. And I feel like if you keep kind of like doing things like that like each single keep like kind of you know measuring it by how it performs and how you think that's like a building block and a building block and a building block and if I see everything and keep building and building and building it's gonna make a whole house eventually and so for me the success I guess that I'm focusing on I should say most importantly is not really the 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 grammy that i want or like the mainstream success that i want that's the bigger goal but it's more like okay in these smaller stages am i able to execute this to the best of my ability did i get lazy did i let it drop how did i handle it while i'm at this moment and that's my if i if i can tackle things and do it to the best of my ability and look back on what i did and be proud at each stage that is success for me. Mm, wow. Your success story seems more of an artistic version than the vanity version of it. The average for like, I'm not gonna say the average person, but the average person's like success story is really just getting rich and being around and being around and being acknowledged by their peers. Mm-hmm. Your success is basically being artistically better than your last work mm-hmm. is what I'm getting from this it is it, and I think it's also like due to like that underdog thing that we were like talking about like not too long ago is that when I like divorced myself from the idea that like people were obligated to praise me or care about what I'm doing because like I said it, it had gotten under my skin for a while that like it felt like nobody was checking for me and like blah 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 and like I knew I was good at what I did but it felt like people were purposely not looking at me, purposely seeing past me in some ways. And it was eating me up. So when I kind of distanced my mind from that and decided to focus on something other than what they're not doing, I decided to figure out, okay, well, if I don't have that, if I don't have the, I'm not a cloudy person. So like, I don't have X, Y, and Z person gassing me up and helping me through the industry and doing all this kind of stuff. That's not my journey. So instead of focusing on that thing that I don't have, what can I control? What can I, what, what is, what is in my hands? And what's in my hands is the tools, which is the music. Like I can make the music, I can make the music great. I can push and, and work hard at my rollout or promoting myself or whatever. I can control those things. So that's what I'm going to focus on more so than focusing on something that's only going to make me depressed and like bitter and because that's going to turn out in the music like when I was caring about what everybody really thought or the fact that they weren't checking for me 
my music was a lot more like it, it the lyrics was literally talking about that and a lot of it was just like kind of like a you know like the problem or something like that where I was just like what do I got to do to get some of your attention you know if I was naked would you see me for real then you know like I was bitter real talk and it was like maybe it's not me maybe it's really you you're the problem I was bitter I was in my feelings mm. I had to hop out those feelings though in order to make better music and to be happier on my own journey and strangely enough I'm getting more success now now that I'm not paying attention to like that if that makes any sense wait 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 so as soon as you said that I just thought back to when you was posting those pictures of you and your your guy I want I don't want to say dark but back when you was wearing a lot of dark shit no that's I was like it, that was so that was what you was referring to when you was making when you was making that type of music around that time? Well, it was a mix. So like when I was wearing dark clothes, that was really because my grandma had passed. So I was grieving a lot. So like I felt dark. So I was just like, I feel dark. This is grieving. I was hanging around like a dark, like, you know, like a trap group at the time. And they were all dark clothes. Like it was just like dark, you know, in that way. And so musically, it was a mixture of like in my personal life, feeling like some things like I wasn't seen in some ways by people I cared about like on a romantic vibe like dudes that I was checking for but then also just literally musically like when it came to my career feeling like I'm not seen in that way and I'm trying to I'm trying to be seen you know so yeah it was it was it was that and it was more but it was that too yeah mm. okay now nah, because that that's why I was, I ain't gonna hold it. That's why I was thinking about, I'm like, is that what she was wearing to our clothes? Like, oh, but nah. Yeah. I totally, I definitely, I definitely relate. And this is, again, I'm going to say this is something I'm, I don't want to say I'm struggling with. Yeah, I'm kind, I'm kind of struggling with, but at the same time, now I'm more mindful of because it's the, it's the same way with me, but just. I'm taking a different approach. It's like instead, I'm gonna just focus on where the love is. It's like mm-hmm. because the fact of the matter is, is like, of course, like you you're not wrong when you say like they're purposely not acknowledging you. To me, you're not wrong. They are they aren't purpose probably around that time they aren't purposely acknowledging you because people are measuring music by a different metric in these mm-hmm. times. And this is something I tell one of my peoples, like on the phone and shit. It's like they're like they're not listening to music. Some some, if not most people, aren't listening to music with ears. They're listening mm-hmm. with their eyes. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't fit the image or you don't have the metrics to fit that image, like they're not gonna pay you any mind. Like mm-hmm. back then, I was telling my sister back then, if you told somebody you were a rapper in the nineties. Yo, I rap. Okay, spit something. Mm-hmm. That's that was the metric. All right, let me hear something. In the '90s, now it's like you tell somebody you're a rapper. Now it's like, yeah, okay, like, where's the money? Mm-hmm. Where's the jewelry? Where's the girls? Mm-hmm. I never heard of you. My homies don't play you. What's your streams looking like? Hi, right, you know, like, ain't nobody listening to your shit. Fuck out of here. Do mm-hmm. you know such and such? Do you know such and such? Yeah. Fuck out of here. Like, that's the metric. Mm-hmm. That's the metric. Then they'll want you to spit something. And if it's not like, and depending on what you spit, to them it will be trash because you're not sounding like their favorite rapper. Mm-hmm. 
and that may sound like I'm being bitter, but it's like it's not me being bitter. It's true. It is true. That is based on fucking observation. Like mm-hmm. skills is like third. Like skills do matter, just depending to the crowd that you're catering to or the type of audience you're, you're catering to. But yeah. um, back to me, what I've been focusing on is just basically on focus on just fuck with people that fuck with you. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. That's my thing now. Instead yeah. of just trying to get the approval of the people that's not fucking with me or not willing to give themselves a chance to like listen to me, I just fuck with the people that fuck with me and then mm-hmm. it'll amplify from there. Yeah. When you give them attention, when you give them the attention, in turn, they'll get they'll spread the word out about you. Mm-hmm. Like I seen it happen. And that's what I did with a Melanin situation. Like I'm not even gonna hold it. I was disappointed when people didn't turn out for the second shoot. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know what? We're gonna make them we're gonna make something out of nothing. Fuck this. Mm-hmm. So I just what I started doing was like melanin Mondays. I don't know if you noticed it. Yeah. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if you like meaning I just post black women like every Monday and mm-hmm. I was doing it up until I dropped the song. Mm-hmm. And with the visual and for the most part, people were fucking with it. Mm-hmm. Like there was people that wasn't giving themselves a chance to it, but it didn't matter. You know, it was just people. And I noticed once I focused on that, it was like, oh shit. I was seeing, to me, I was seeing better results than I was seeing with my last joint. It was like, yeah. oh, eight playlists, like the streams and the visuals was fucking with it. And, you know, people were actually giving themselves a chance to it. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a better result that I was seeing compared to when I dropped my project, 12. Mm-hmm. And that was during the time when OnlyFans reviews was relevant. Yeah. You know, and that's when, and then and there I realized, like, the OnlyFans review crowd is only there for the OnlyFans review. Mm-hmm. They wasn't trying to give themselves a chance to the music because mm-hmm. as soon as I, or I dropped music, like, yo, I do music, it was they, it was just that collective eye roll inside, like, mm-hmm. everybody want to be a rapper now. Fuck. Why mm-hmm. can't you just focus on that? I like this thing. And I'm like, nah, I'm not. I was doing music before y'all know me for this one thing. It's just, you know me for this. And you just assume that I'm just like decided to be a rapper because it's just a thing to do. Like, nah, yeah. fam, I've been rap- I've been writing and rapping since 16. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're just now getting acquainted with that. And that, and then and there, I just decided, like, yo, whoever's going to fuck with it, fuck with it. Whoever doesn't fuck with it is, that's not my, that's not my audience to cater to. You're not mm-hmm. my audience. Yeah. That's not my, you're not my audience. So, and another phrase I've been using is, like, I give people a chance to, I give people the opportunity to either be ahead of the curve or the fall behind the catch up. Mm-hmm. A lot of y'all just choose to fall behind the catch up. Mm-hmm. And it'll be what it is. It's like there's only a few people that's ahead of the curve, and that's going to pay off in tenfold for them. Because mm-hmm. those are the ones I choose to cater to. Everyone else is just, everyone else is just, wow, I didn't know you. I didn't know you did it like that. I'm like, yeah, you did. You just chose to look the other way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's real. It's like, I don't know. Like, I literally have to, like, or had to for a while until it became a habit. Like, 
tur- like distract myself mentally from thinking about you know what people were or weren't necessarily thinking and I had to think about okay so it was like weird because it was like okay so let me listen to the critiques that I'm actually getting on this song so y'all okay somebody like a playlist here for one of my songs one of my my previous larger songs they would say like they didn't like the mix and they would just be like I don't like the mix on this and that would be like kind of consistent feedback that I would get so I was like okay cool let me switch out my mix engineer and then I thought about okay so if we're going to switch this out and we're going to do this and we're going to do that, we're going to push the quality level way, way up. And we're just going to really just go deep in our like, you know, I don't know, 1970s label bag, like, you know, like, like, except the label is me, but <laughs> but like 1970s, like label bag and sparing no expense and making this music as lush and beautiful and whatever as I per- personally want to make it. And then, you know, just trust that whoever it's meant to touch whoever it's meant to I don't know reach it will reach and this was like a this this particular single last lovers was like a face walk for me because I literally like I didn't have any of the usual infrastructure around me when I dropped it I don't have a manager right now I wasn't using PR I wasn't paying for like playlisting nothing so all the love that I got off of last lovers it has been literally organic and I was not I was expecting like not much like to be honest I was expecting that it would go like every other single drop has gone maybe even less because I don't have a team or anything around me right now but for it to like you know blow my expectations out of the water like day three it had already like exceeded like my streaming like goals I was like wait a minute okay so this is what happens when I focus on the music and what I can control and how I want to do things artistically as opposed to doing things with the thought process of how can I get people to see me or get them to care or whatever it's like it's like a weird mind flip and like that changed my whole perspective over the past couple weeks like oh now I get it so like this is I don't know it's something that like fairly new that you know for this part of the process that I'm kind of like getting into no, my thing is I don't trust people. I, I don't trust people in their outside. I don't trust outside people in their critique because mm-hmm. I'm catching on that some not for nothing. Some of their critiques are like skewed or jaded. Mm-hmm. It's like if anything, the only like, and that's when I realized the only critiques I really trust besides mine are like. I want to say my immediate circle as far as like who I record, record with an artist. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just pitch it to them before I leave it to outsiders. Like if I pitch it to outs, and if I do pitch it to outsiders, it's like the fans. Mm-hmm. So this way I want to, so this way they can feel involved in shit. So this way you can't say that Riley's leaving you out the loop. Like, yeah. nah, I pitched this, to, I pitched this to you. It's up mm-hmm. to you whether or not you give the feedback. Yeah. So this way you can never say you wasn't you wasn't involved. But for the most part, I um I'm starting to not I'm starting to not take the outside pitches personally because again, some sometimes the critiques aren't based on the actual music. Sometimes it's just based on, you know, the jaded views. Like I'll give you an example. Like if I pitch 
a melanin situation to somebody and and I hear this all the time. It's either about the vocals, the vocal mixes with the vocal mix is not that good great, or the drums sound repetitive. I'm like, it's the beat, fam. What the fuck do you want me to do? I'm not changing the beat. I like it. There's a reason I like it the way it is. Mm-hmm. And the change is like gonna fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. So the drum mix sounds repetitive or the mixes or the mix. That's the main complaint I heard. The mix, the mix doesn't sound that good. So I've been on my engineers ask about, yo, make sure the mix is good, man. Like I'm hearing shit about the mix, but then I'll think about it. But over time, but after a while, I just thought about it and I'll just compare it to the other low. Cause there's other lo-fi artists that's on right now. Mm-hmm. That's really relevant. Like Griselda. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Rizelda or anyone else. <laughs> their book. <laughs> their mix, like, they'll use the same type of beat that I make, or they'll use the same type of beat that I make, or whatever. And it's like, they're getting the worldwide praise. It's like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Clout. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? It's like, damn. And, and I just told my engineer that it's like, damn, all the times I was on your ass about, you know, mixing, and it's like, damn, I feel so fucking bad. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad. Because I wasn't a tyrant to him, but it's like, you have no idea what it does to an engineer when you te- when you give them the feedback that you're getting mm-hmm. about your songs. And it's like, damn, like, they're really taking that shit personal when they mm-hmm. hear, like, their mix isn't all that great. Like, it. don't get me wrong, it puts better yourself but at the same time it's just like damn mm-hmm. I feel like I, I'm playing a part in destroying his self esteem a bit and it's not just his self esteem it's mine because I'm proud of this Yeah, I'm proud of this and so to hear that and now I'm thinking back to all those times I was on his ass it's like, it wasn't because your mixing was trash it was because they was hearing with different set of ears and, then, and at that point it's like I don't trust these people's criticisms anymore Mm-hmm. Nah, from now on, all criticisms are in-house. I trust y'all mm-hmm. because you're listening with different set of ears that they are. And the thing is, they're not gonna just tell me yes because it's me. They're gonna they're gonna tell me. Yeah. That's how I know because they told me before. It's like, yo, deliver it this way, not mm-hmm. that way. Do it this way, not that way. Or even myself, like, yo, I feel comfortable doing it this way. And they'll look at me weird. It's like. Just do it that way. That's how I heard it, and that's how I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You understand it now, but just do it this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I get it. Like I used to be like a like I get it. I used to be like a tyrant to like my engineers too. Like, like ironically, some of them came back to me and were just like, you know, remember when you made that critique? I hear what you said now. I hear it now. Like there was on my first EP, there was like one song where I just had one really big nitpick with like something. And like, it took a year later, like the engineer was mad at me and everything. A year later, he comes back and he's just like, you know, I actually hear now what you were asking me to adjust and I'm sorry about that. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, trust my ears. Trust that I know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, you were ahead of your time. You were ahead of your time. That's what it was. Just to, I mean, I'm not going to toot my own horn. But, but you know, like, you got to trust your ears, you know, in that way. And so sometimes, 
like it's a balance like it's a balance between knowing the engineer skill set and then seeing can they if they if they can if I can push them a little bit further cool or you know for me I was just like okay I'm just gonna switch engineers and kind of like you know see what like experiment like I tried out a bunch of different engineers for a little bit and I was just like okay I don't like how that one's doing it that eh, eh. like I felt like if I had to like completely do all of these new critiques and like blah 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 I'm like nah they're just that just means that that particular engineer is not right for me so then I like, mm. happened upon like Tyler you know, who mixed my, you know, mixed last lovers. And I sent it like I've heard his stuff. So like I knew he was phenomenal. But you know, I realized what I needed as specifically me. Cause like, okay, so you're a rapper, right? So you need engineers who like cater to a rap voice, right? So a lot of engineers, like they're how what they're used to, what they're trained in is like engineering for like male rap vocals. And they'll just say that they can do a a female singer and they think that because like maybe if it's like a like a Atlanta rapper type, they'll just throw a ton of auto-tune or melodyne on that artist vocals that that uh. means that they mixed it. And for me, I'm a singer, like a singer singer. I don't actually need a lot of pitch correction. And so if you put a lot of pitch correction on my voice, it kind of sounds bad. Like it sounds outdated almost, unless it's like a purpose Atlanta trap kind of sound. Um, so for me, it takes an engineer specifically who knows how to work with female vocal voices who actually can sing. And that's Tyler's kind of specialty. And so I trusted him with like Last Lovers and I was like okay I'm gonna just see I'm gonna just trust him with this one song and see what's up and like from the rough mix I had no critiques and that's not real for me because usually I have like pages <laughs> of like okay at minute 56 can you tweak this at like two minutes and 13 seconds can you tweak this like that's the level of like anal retentive I can be kind of about my mixes but I had no critiques and what's no wow. and so I was like you know just do your thing <laughs> and I just kind of like let him do his thing for the most part and just like I think I had like maybe one minor critique about the strings and that was like from my arranger my string arranger's ears but other than that I had no critique on the vocal mix and you know you've heard the product it you know is doing really well so you know, for me, it's just about finding the right person to do what I need and, like, not stressing out someone if, like, they can't do what I need them to do. So it's normal to, like, experiment with different engineers to get the sound that you want? Absolutely. It is absolutely. Mm. Because, like, everybody has a different, you know, skill set. And even then, like, there are recording engineers, right? Then there are mix engineers. Some people can do both, but usually they're better at one thing than they are the other. And you just kind of have to like figure out which one, you know, is that. And a lot of times it comes from like asking people who they use. Like if you're close with somebody and you like their mixes or something, hey, who do you use? Who's that? Who mixed it? Who's that? Blah, blah, blah. And just you know, going around and hearing and seeing and then looking at their work and being like, does this match? Does this, could this match? How does this? Okay, cool. And just finding the right fit for you. Mm. 
Like, what's the worst critique that you that you've heard for your music so far? Like, I'm I'm not talking about them saying that the music is bad. I'm talking about like critiques that you can tell that they weren't really listening. Type um. Shit. Okay. So, like, okay, like you've heard my voice, right? So you think you clearly you know I can sing, right? So, I think one of the worst critiques I've heard is like there was this like clout chasing like blogger person you know i'm not gonna name them or anything like that because again i'm not stupid but like so there was this like cloud chasing blogger person who heard my music you know when uh i was like submitting my stuff to like blogs for a little bit like reaching out you know they thought that i was reaching out for like I don't know, approval as opposed to uh, coverage of my music at the time. And so, which was not the case. I was reaching out for coverage, like, hey, this new single's dropping, you know, I'm sharing this with you, blah, 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 you know, whatever. So they tell me, now, again, I've sang gospel, I've sang classical, I've sang so many things. I went to music school, like, I know I'm good at singing. If, If it ain't nothing else, I know I can deliver a note. If there's nothing else in the world I can do, I know I can sing something. Mm. And so they reached out to me and were just like, I think you need to find a vocal coach. I think you need to find vocal training and you need to get with somebody who can train you so that you can sing better and more effectively because I don't think that you are really, you know, singing truly in yourself or whatever and I was just thinking to myself I was like you don't okay you don't actually like my music and that's okay but you should say that you don't like my music and that this style of music isn't for you as opposed to trying to tell me that like my whole instrument isn't good enough when it was good enough like not even again I was in my bag I was ear I was pissed at that because I knew certain things I had achieved in my career already that wouldn't have happened if I weren't you know good at what I did and you know performing live even I sound exactly the same live if not better than I do on the tracks and that's kind of like a calling card that like I have that fans come to the shows and they will come back because they know they're going to get what they're paying for and even better than that to a certain degree. So I was like, mm, you know what, Miss Mamas, I'm good. Mr. Sir, I'm good. Like, y'all got it. And, you know, kind of dipped. And, you know, yeah, I just kind of dipped out of that situation. But it was weird because they followed me on social media and kept trying to, like, like my content. And like almost like trying to slide in like like a fake digital mentor type shush. And I didn't need that because I had real life mentors. And I kind of like paid it dust and like, you know, kind of unfollowed them and just yeah, I've completely paid it dust. And yeah, so now, you know, they've seen kind of the stuff I'm doing now and it's bigger than, you know, their platform. And so at that time, so now I'm just like, I'm sorry, you, you was being a hater and a weirdo. And, you know, that that's what happens when you are being petty and not actually listening to hear. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's the time. <laughs> no, 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 that, that, that answers it. Um, honestly, I think with that, 
Honestly, I think whatever critique that, again, I think whatever critique I got from outside of the circle, I think is a jaded, I think it's a jaded critique. So I never, I, I never take it seriously or I think it's from clout ears. I call it clout ears. Mm-hmm. Like, no, oh, that's, you're listening. That's, that's a good term. So that's so whenever I gave my music for, like I said, like you said, coverage. That's when I would get the. That's when I would get the feedback. Um, that's when I would get the feedback, and I. So I'll say the closest I've came to it. The closest I've came to that is, and looking back, that was like a mistake on my part. Was I submitted this song? I did call out of time. Mm-hmm. It was. It was with me, my engineer Seg. His name is Seg, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's an engineer, but he also produces and he like raps too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he jumped on the song, and this girl, and this girl named Britt, mm-hmm. like her artist name is Bailu. Or I submitted the song through this Hot ninety seven thing, just to like, and that was a bad call on my part because mm-hmm. the type of song it is is like you know, R and B ish. It has an R and B ish type of feel. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard it, and I'll send it to you if you haven't. But okay, send it. Um. At, yeah, like an R&B-ish type of film. Matter of fact, I think you did hear it because I sent it to you, but I'll resend it. But anyway, it, you know, some people liked it for the most part, but it was like either met with, for the most part, it was either met with indifference or mm. niggas say it was trash or it was bad and shit. Mm. But then I had to real And in the beginning, it was confusing for me. But I had to reassess it. It was like, I just submitted a song for Hot 90. And it didn't get chose, obviously. And it ultimately never got chose, but I had to reassess it. I just sent this song, this R&B. It wasn't, mind you, it wasn't, it didn't give off the feel of today's R&B, you know, type shit. It gave off, you know, the best I could say is maybe late 90s, early 2000s Mm R&B. But with with, with rap and shit. Mm -hmm. Because obviously I was rapping on it. But, um... When I think about it, I submitted my song on a hot 97, unlistened, unsigned, whatever the fuck. And the majority of the people that listen to hot 97 nowadays, it's like teens, 20s, maybe mm-hmm. in their early 30s. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're not listening to songs like this. They're not. They're listening to trap. Trap, like trap rap or trap R&B or trap soul or... Today's R&B, they're not giving this shit the time of day. To them, to them, it's slow. Like, I had to really put... I had to really put myself in their shoes. If I was a fucking kid in these times, but I really want to listen to what I'm putting out... No. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's why I realized, okay, they're not my demographic. So, of course, they're going to think it's trash. That made it, that made it less easier to take it personal. I'm like, oh, okay. You know what? I was... Mm-hmm. These are kids. They're trying yeah. to turn up. They're not trying to... They're not trying to fucking. They're not trying to settle down to get married at fucking nineteen. They're trying I'm to turn screaming. up and live life. <laughs> yeah. So it makes so it makes sense. They're not trying to hear no out of time. So it's like okay, you know what? That was my fault. That was my misstep. Mm-hmm. But still, I wanted to like check the temperature. And that's when I real. That's when I realized. That's when I started to realize the importance of. Knowing your learning and knowing your audience and what type mm-hmm. of audience you have, you have to cater to based on the type of music you make. 
Yeah. Once I once I realized, okay, the majority of my sounds is really lo-fi and and based on the feedback I get, it I always hear it all the time. It reminds them of the nineties, mm-hmm. like tribe core quest and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's my lane. That is my audience. So let me cater to so let me cater to them. And whoever gets it, gets it. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Either way. You know, so that made it easier to pitch once I and that's another reason why it's easier to take it less personal nowadays. Because I know what type of audience to pitch to. And so when I dropped, so when I was dropping a melanin situation, it's like even though I want women the original goal is I wanted women to get to like get hip to it. Mm-hmm. I wanted women to get hip to it because dedicated to black women just mm-hmm. in my own little way mm-hmm. you know in my style of it so but still i'm gonna pitch to the guys too because they're the more they're the ones more likely to listen to it based on you know the sound and the raps and the shit but mm-hmm. if women catch on to it that's great I'm, i I at least met that yeah and for the most part i'm surprisingly women caught on to it and mm-hmm. what and what makes it really good is knowing that people listen to it. Depend like ba- and you can tell people that listen to it based on the feedback you get to it. That's how yeah. I know you listen to it as opposed to you're just sharing it just because it's me and whatever the mm-hmm. fuck. That really means a lot to me when people lit that and that's when I and that's when I realized, okay. Not just for the song, but with myself in general. It means a lot to me when people listen to me. Mm-hmm. I learned that about myself. It means a lot to me when people listen to me. Because I can yeah. tell based on the response that you give. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you actually took the time to listen to this. That means a lot. You know, from the song itself to the lyric to why you like it. And, you know, the visual, even the visual. It's like, man, that really means a lot. I'm not going to, like, when I say it means a lot to me, it really does. And so that's why if I, if and whenever I do give a f- feedback to anybody else's song, trust, I actually took the time to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, skim through it and just bullshit you. Because it's easier, because it's easier and honestly lazier to do that. Yeah. But. When I say I listen to it, I listen to it. So when I heard, so when I listened to Last Lovers, it was like, oh shit, like she actually she pulled off this feature. She actually gave like that's how I could tell you actually put some thought into your rollout up into this song. It was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, like I'm like I and even just following, you, I'm like I'll give her this. Like she does not half ass. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. She doesn't. She doesn't half ass. That's more than I can say about me. Like you can say that I'll half ass or whatever, but that's because I'm I plan, but I'm more so the guy that that's on the fly. Mm-hmm. I try planning the long haul. And sometimes that works, but to me it's just more it just means I'm just I don't know why I have more of a creative mind when it's just on the fly shit. Like, mm-hmm. oh shit, this would be good. Oh shit, this would be great. Oh shit, it'll be it'll be great. Versus mm-hmm. planning for the long haul and the shit just and then some things will just fall apart on the way over and now and now I have to improvise anyway so it's like it doesn't make sense for me to plan I might as well just plan <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I might as well just plan on the fly but um and that was no different for the melanin rollout it's like you know what I might as well just show 
beautiful black women because I'm sorry, and I and I apologize if it seems like I'm talking too much. But no, you're good. The role, but the whole intention for for me with the rollout was the same intention was for the song because around the time I did the song was when surprisingly around the time OnlyFans blew up, and this mm-hmm. is around the time of the protests. And I just I'm just feeling like damn, black women ain't really getting love like that. Mm-hmm. Like if anything, they're being disrespected, they're being harmed, and it's like, and it's just it was off putting to me. Mm-hmm. So it was like I'm not hearing songs that celebrating them in a tasteful manner, in the in a tasteful manner, and the closest that they're getting to that is in R and is, is in today's R and B songs, and even then those aren't all that tasteful. Mm-hmm. And it's no disrespect to those that like it, but it's like. I'm pretty sure people want to hear songs that more songs that aren't just about them taking drugs and getting fucked. Because mm-hmm. it's starting to sound no different than rap. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I just want to deliver, like, and it just inspired me to like deliver something that's along the line, that's along the lines, if not similarity to Commons Delight. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be that verbatim, but. You know, at least along the lines of that, right? Let me just express it the best way I know how. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, a melanin situation came about. Like, I was already following this guy, Offbeat Ninja, and I just heard this beat, which ironically was titled Ebony. Mm-hmm. So that just set the that tone worked. from mm-hmm. there. That just set the tone from there. Like, the flows around the corner. You know what I mean? And then, and I know people will feel off put about. I w- I would say people that follow me for the OnlyFans review will feel off put by that because they just assume that I'm this misogynistic weirdo. Mm-hmm. But, but it's like, okay, if you're gonna judge me off one content, that's on you. Mm-hmm. But I never say I didn't love black women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's this song. Here's this visual, and here's this rollout in between time, and you know, just enjoy it. And again, people have taken to it. Even people have taken taken to it, and it's not just me being added to these, you know, some of these tastemakers playlists that's shocked me. It's just being added to the average listeners' playlist. That probably means more to me than the tastemaker. Mm-hmm. When you listen, when you make it to a listener's playlist, it's like, oh shit. Like you understand that shit, that shit goes a long way. It really does. Mm-hmm. It really like yeah, I, like I feel like people really underestimate that. Like people just pay attention to these tastemakers and these bloggers. It's like, nah, nigga. They're important too, but it's the listeners. Mm-hmm. Once you amplify that, it, it'll take you. It'll take you a long way. And I feel like that's with the melanin situation compared to my project. It's to me, it's a success. Yeah. Never, like, and there's no such thing as a small win or a large win. A win is a win. Nigga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A win is a win. Like once, and especially once you know how to celebrate the small wins, you like, you know, like you, that's to me, when you know how to celebrate a small win, that's when you know how to appreciate a big win. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Celebrate your small like my grandma used to always be like don't despise your small beginnings and that like 
And I basically is just like, don't discount, you know, things just because they're not like the big old splashy things. Cause those little things kind of like add up and, you know, it leads to bigger things and it, it still means just as much. Yeah. And another reason why I asked you, I know that was abrupt, but I love another reason why I asked you, um, what's like the worst feedback that you heard because, and mentally to me, Mentally, to me, the worst feedback you can hear is, like, indifference. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't understand. And I just thought back to, because I've been watching a lot of um, hip-hop, rap, rap um, blog-type videos on YouTube, like, explaining different type of artists and what if, shit like that. Yeah. And I just saw this recent one on Corday. You heard of him? Cor- yes, I have heard of Corday. He used to be like, why be in Corday at that? Yes. Yeah, and I just saw like two review videos on him recently and it's basically met with it's basically met with indifference mm-hmm. and it just reminded me like the worst critique, to me the worst critique you can hear is indifference. Yeah. Like at least like when people love or hate you, especially hate it, at least at least you at least you got a strong emotion or reaction out of people. Mm-hmm. Whether it's love or hate, especially hate. But your music, that at least that to me leaves at least room for improvement. Mm-hmm. They have something to look forward to if they didn't like it. They have something to look forward to on your next song or your next project. Mm-hmm. Indifference, you don't you didn't leave a strong reaction at all. It's, okay it's okay it's cool it's all right it was it was dope i guess that's the worst thing that's the worst thing to hear yeah because they they just by the like they just forgot you by the time they got to the end of your song like Mm -hmm. okay next yeah so i'd rather people dis i like i'd rather people either like or dislike my music i'd rather people love or hate my music than to be met with indifference that just means like damn I gotta go back to the drawing board Mm -hmm. because it's not it's past mixing it's past mixing can only do but so much it's the song in itself Mm -hmm. or how yep and that just go past that's just for all genres rap pop R&B rock Mm -hmm. whatever the worst thing to be met with indifference it's cringy to me that's cringy to me. It is. Like, I just, I have the same philosophy. Like, I want to elicit a strong emotion, too. Like, if it's not your favorite song in the world, then it's, or, like, you can't stop listening to it, then, you know, I need to go back to the drawing board. Like, that's just, you know, if it's like, eh, that was okay. I'm like, okay, that's not what I need to do. That's not the direction I need to go in. Let's, let's pivot. And so I totally feel you on that. And... That's the worst response for me to hear because that's just I gotta I gotta go back to the drawing board and it just made me just think about my own music. It's like, is it being met with indifference? I don't wanna have the type of song or project that you listen to once and never revisit again. Mm-hmm. Because to me that's just to me that's just a failure in my eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna be that rapper. I don't wanna be that guy. Like you just you just listen to a project once and never return to it because we've all been there. 
Not yeah. just not as and I'm not talking about as artists as listeners. Mm-hmm. We gave that one song or one project a chance, and we just never got back to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just the shit. That's just the uh. And I I was I've just been revisiting that. Like, is, am I that type of rapper? I don't want to be that type of rapper. Yeah. I don't want to be that type of rapper, and that's just and. That's just, what's the word for it? And I feel like that's just the start of, okay, now I got to dig deep. I got to dig deep. And not, and, but it's not, but again, it's never about the listener. It's more so about me. Yeah. I never based my artistry about other people. Mm-hmm. Like the philosophy I always went by for the longest is I make songs for me fuck what you like yeah that's the philosophy i've been i've been going by since i started rapping but it's also there's also something i've realized along the way is it's got to the rap that just saying i'm dope or like substance is important yeah like mm-hmm. i don't want to be the just i don't want to be the guy that say like i'm nice i'm a rapper i'm not like that like that's you but so much people can't learn about people can't learn shit about you mm-hmm. or connect with you that's why they that's why they like j cole like say what you will about j cole but they connect with him yeah. say what you will about kanye now but you connected with him through college mm-hmm. dropout and late registration and graduation you connected with him mm-hmm. because he gave you something to connect with so it's like at least not just myself, but artists as a whole. If you give somebody at least one song to connect with you on, you'll be set. Yeah. You'll be you'll be set. And so that's when I'm like, okay, I just need to give something to people to connect to. And I at least managed to reach reach somewhat reach that a little bit with a couple other songs. Mm-hmm. Let me try to go a little bit deeper. Not not for them, but for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's more so about pushing. So it's more so about pushing pushing myself, and that's to me what makes art artistry so exciting to mm-hmm. do better than your last work. Yep. It's just, it's exciting to me. It's because by then you don't you don't experience life. You don't came across new sounds. You don't met new people and. Like, oh shit, I can't wait to tap into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. But it's, it's like, I want to make sure it's better than my last body of work. Yeah. It cannot sound the same. It cannot sound the same. I, I, yep, that's my philosophy too. Like, everything has to exceed the last thing and it has to show like growth too. Like, I want you know, listeners to be like, oh, wow, she's, like, grown since, like, when I was listening to this, or wow, she's not the same. I feel like if it's stagnant, it gets boring. Now, now that you say that, yeah, you you probably have, not even probably, you have grown, because you went from why haven't I found it to Last Lovers Alive. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, shit. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I mean that is that is growth. I mean that is growth. So, what plans do you have for for yourself from from here? Like, what's next from here? Um. Well, just kind of like well, with last uh, lovers, I have like 
I'm going to be dropping like some physical merch. So like I have some cassettes that I'll be dropping some limited edition ones that like I like hand designed and I have like some like actual merch coming out too um, that I'll be like announcing. Um, Yeah. Some more like, like I have an interview kind of with Durand and other people um, who are part of the song and then moving past that, you know, just dropping new music and then, you know, keeping that quality level up, keep upping that quality level, keep upping, you know, how consistently and efficiently I do these rollouts and, you know, seeing where it takes me, you know, in the next like 18 months. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm like headed and in, in the short term. Mm. Any new singles or projects coming up? Yes, yes. I have like a new EP that's going to be dropping, um, I want to say in the fall. So that's going to be cool. It's going to be dropping in the fall. And, you know, like I have like other singles that I'll be dropping like before then. So yeah, I'm like super, super duper excited about that. And you're a pretty well planned out person. Yeah. You're a pretty planned out person. And that's just and that's just me saying that off observation. Thank you. Thank you. That's just me saying that off observation. But um Um usually like usually during these, you know, interviews or just podcasting in general, I like like to give an open opportunity for folks to like ask me shit like mm-hmm. whatever whatever the case may whatever the case may be so if you have any questions you can you're more than welcome to ask them okay i mean okay so my question is like what made you first get into rap that's my that's my question oh that's easy um i want to say I I really want to say is partially seeded. Like when I was younger, my uncle he used to be a rapper, and mm-hmm. he like he, yeah he used to be a rapper, and I just remember annoying him whenever he would do his own raps and shit. Mm-hmm. And he used to and used to kick me out of his room and shit. So mm-hmm. and I I still remember to this day the finals that he had. It was Public Enemy. It takes a million to hold us back. He was a big fan of Eric B and Rakim, Slick mm-hmm. Rick, and Big Daddy Kane. I knew those are I knew those are his favorite rappers still. Mm-hmm. And he's probably partially the reason why year decades later I finally decided to start my vinyl collection. Mm-hmm. Because I remember he had that salt and pepper vinyl that I just bought a month ago. Wow, okay. Like so FY like I know that derailed a bit, but I have like three that I have like three, yeah, three vinyls. Mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye, um, the Salt and Pepper vinyl, and the very first vinyl I bought was Ari Lennox. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. But uh, all those I haven't opened. I'm I'm never opening that Ari vinyl. So yeah. That's just saying still, but yeah. um, yeah, I felt like he partially seeded that because years later, you know, I started listening to rap more, and mm-hmm. it wasn't until you know I was watching House Party a lot, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I was watching House Party a lot, and just one day after I saw a House Party DVD, yeah, I just decided to write my first eight. I knew it was eight bars, but yeah. it was the corniest shit ever. That's probably why I did. I don't not. I don't have it well memorized to this day. I hate it. It was like corny commercialized rap type shit. Mm-hmm. And then once I got that out of my system, I was just writing one more. I was just writing, not one more. I was just writing more, more, mm-hmm. more, 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 more. And, and let me see. I was, I was watching House Party a lot. And it wasn't until like I, 8 Mile came out. Mm-hmm. And I started watching a lot of that too. And then and there, it was just like, and that's why I always cite, you know, Eminem and Kid and Play as my sources of inspiration because I was already listening to a lot of Eminem around that time, mm-hmm. Slim Shady LP and shit. But um, the Eight Mile really, Eight Mile and House Party really solidified it for me. Yeah, because House Party, House Party taught me like I can have fun with this. Mm-hmm. Like I can do, like always have fun, you know, always have fun. But eight mile was more like sharp and steel and shit. Mm-hmm. Like have fun with it, but improve along the way. So once I started writing more and more and more, I just told myself, you know, I'm gonna give it a year. If I'm still writing within a year, then this is something I'm gonna do. Yeah. And if I'm not writing by the time this year is up, then it is what it is. It was probably just a phase. Yeah. So, and I was still a year later. I was still writing. So it's like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. You know, this is what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. So, since then, I just been rapping. Yeah. I just been I just been rapping, and I'll even throw in a bonus. You know, I was giving myself, you know, monikers, and I hated the moniker I gave myself. It mm-hmm. was just. That was around the time everybody was going by young something or little something. And yeah. mm-hmm. it was the names wasn't all that original anymore. Mm-hmm. So um a friend of mine, Tim, he was hanging with this guy. His name his name was Shark. Mm-hmm. And we would go out to link up with him in Williamsburg in the in the projects and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is before Williamsburg got completely gentrified. Like, don't get me wrong, there were still white white folks living there. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, but it was like it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And one day he said, like, any name I give a I give to a person, it sticks. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's that one day I had on a boondock shirt with Riley on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's gonna be your name, Riley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been going by since. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you ask any person what my name is, it's Riley. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're not gonna. T- that's your real name. It's, it's real to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's real to you, eh? Mm-hmm. Right then, mm-hmm. it's right. So the Ritz part, I just added. Mm-hmm. I just added. It was just okay, Riley Ritz or Riley Rittens. And since then, I just been rapping. Mm-hmm. And since then, I mean, I've been rapping since 16, but Riley's been here. To Riley got here like I want to say a year, two years after. Mm-hmm. So, to me, Riley, I consider Riley to be, you know, the Tyler Dirt, the the Tyler Dirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Riley is, like Riley is confident. Mm-hmm. Riley is honest with himself, and he, which makes it, which gives more strength to the confidence. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, yeah. Like once you're on, like once you're honest with yourself, it makes it easier. And Riley isn't just confined. That's what I also realized. Like Riley isn't just confined to music artistry. Mm-hmm. He's 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 anywhere that concerns creativity, if yeah. you know this. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the OnlyFans reviews, whether it's the Riley Randoms, whether it's, you know, the Riley Randoms videos or the Riley, Riley Randoms that's written out. Mm-hmm. That's Riley. That's him. All across, all across the boards. Anything yeah. concerning creativity, that's Riley. Mm-hmm. And he does have trouble being, he does have trouble being himself. He does have trouble speaking his mind. Mm-hmm. Like he is, like he is. You need to, you like to take it or leave it. Yeah. Like he'll be good either way. Yeah, that's real. And and that's where and I feel like okay, Riley has got me. The Riley has got me this far. And he'll mm-hmm. continue to take me far. Yeah. Meanwhile, my government name. He's he's like. My government name, he's the opposite of Riley. Mm-hmm. And like basically you've seen Fight Club. That's basically what it is. Yeah. I mm-hmm. look how you want to look. I fuck how you want to fuck. I'm all the things that you are not. Mm-hmm. That's and weird. Like Sasha like, Fierce, but for dudes. Yeah. Sasha Fish for shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just it was a thought. Sasha. Sasha Fierce shit. That's a, that's another way to look at it. <laughs> but um but um yeah, but I like to say that also Riley has kind of evolved in the last in the last decade or so because in the beginning being Riley Reds was just a rapidly rapper rapper. Mm-hmm. And I'm still that rapidly rapper, but over the years it's like when you surround yourself when you surround yourself with more artists like you learn like when you surround yourself with more artists you learn you also learn from them Mm -hmm. and you take away bits and pieces and you apply it to where you're more refined version of yourself Mm -hmm. yeah i would like to think that's you know riley Riz. that's myself getting there yeah you know whether it be talking to you or talking to Seg or talking to Latasha or mm-hmm. talking to whoever you learn bits and pieces you take away bits and pieces of information and you try to apply it to the best of your abilities to yourself so this way you're more you're still retaining yourself but mm-hmm. you're a little bit more refined along the way yeah mm-hmm. for sure like it's it's not contained to just rapping mm-hmm. you know so but yeah Okay. That's how that's how that's how I went about that's how I went about that's how the whole rapping thing came about. I know that was more information than you needed, but No, it's cool. It's cool. Like no, no. I think that yeah, that answered my question. That answered all the questions I had. Yeah. That answered all your questions? Yeah. You literally like kind of like explained like where your name came from and like how you got into rap and like what first influenced you and kind of your evolution and things of that nature so yeah you definitely like 
at, like answered all the like the potential question I was gonna ask. So you're good. <laughs> and people would and people think it's weird that Eminem is the source of my inspiration. Like I don't a think white so. rapper. Nah, because it's a white rapper and mm-hmm. you know, ill culture vulture, but it's like you don't understand. Eminem is the first rapper I felt like I connected to. Yeah. Like going again, going back to like going back to having that one song that connects with you. Yeah. To me, Eminem was that person that connect that connected with me because he was he was bullied when he was younger. He he switched, he moved around, he moved around a lot, he transferred schools a lot, and his outlet was rapping. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things resonated with me. And yeah. songs like If I Had and Rock Bottom. I was going through severe depression at that time. Yeah, that's right. So so hearing shit like some shady LP and Marshall Matters LP mm-hmm. and it's like and on top of that this dude is nice yeah I became like I I became a fan of his mm-hmm. and that's another thing about consuming music people consume music differently nowadays it's like yeah. people gotta people gotta like you as a personality and I just said this shit about Jack Harlow I'm like mm-hmm. Jack to me Jack Harlow is a prime example how having a likable personality will take you far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, fair. because if you're like, if people like you, then they're, it'll overcompensate for whatever it is you're lacking in. Like mm-hmm. you can have the most, and this is not me saying he has mediocre music. Like do this, right? It's dope. It's cool. Mm-hmm. But you, this is the same in general. You can have the most mediocre music, but as long as people like you, mm-hmm. It'll take you far, mm-hmm. but and I and I, I said it on here. I feel the way I feel that way about Meg the Stallion. Mm-hmm. I tried giving her a chance, man. Mm-hmm. You don't know. This is not me. Like I really tried, mm-hmm. but over time, I think when it got towards that feet, I want to say I don't think it's fever. I think it's after fever. Mm-hmm. After fever. That's why I just tapped out. Like you know what. This ain't for me. I really try. It has nothing to do with her being being a woman because I'm because I listen to Lil Kim and Foxy and whoever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with her being a woman. It's just you know what this quality of music ain't for me. I'm not mm-hmm. the Democrat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever is music I don't like, I don't say it's trash. I'll just say I'm not their demographic. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. But in my personal opinion, I feel like because she's so likable that. It makes her music easy to digest because you like her personality. You mm-hmm. like you want that's the type of person you want to see win mm-hmm. for some reason. But um, yeah, in this climate, people are more like people want to know more about you, mm-hmm. like your brand, like you, whether you the person, you the brand is. If people can buy into you as a person, people can buy into you as your brand. Then they'll get to the music, and it's just. To me, it's just weird. To me, it's weird and it's off-putting because I consume music a different way. Mm-hmm. If the if the if your song is consistent, if your song is good, then okay, I like it. If your song is consistently good, then I'm a fan of you. Mm-hmm. That's how I operate. Yeah, like it's a bonus if I like you as a person. It's not obligatory. Mm-hmm. So, so that's so when I so when people so. When people get surprised that I don't like the music or I don't, 
how you don't like the music? I'm like, oh, you like him as a person. That's mm-hmm. why. Like, I don't subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. I'll say the closest I ever get to liking to somebody as a person was Army. And that's because, you know, we back and forth each other in the DMs first. Mm-hmm. Because before then, I was dragging, I was probably last to the party discovering Army Lennox. Mm-hmm. Like, how I really got into it was whipped cream. Mm-hmm. Once I heard whipped cream, I was like, oh, shit, I really like this. Mm-hmm. And then once I... Oh, now I understand why y'all like it. Her personality, yeah. she's really down to earth. Like, this is, this is the type of girl you can talk to. This is the type of girl that would be on your block and you can talk to and shit. Mm-hmm. I get it. I really get it. But it's just... For the most part, me, I consume the music first, then the person. It's not a requirement for me. Yeah. So, do you, and that just inspired another question. Do you feel? Do you put more emphasis? You put, do you put more emphasis on your music, or do you put more emphasis on your brand and your personality? Like for my own, like personal artistry. Yeah, like in general. Yeah, uh-huh. your artistry. I think they kind of go hand in hand personally because like I'm writing about a lot of my personal life. Like if I were a different artist where I was like kind of writing like maybe not so autobiographically, then maybe I would be able to separate. But I feel like my music actually does reflect my life or my thoughts or whatever in a lot of ways. So it kind of I don't know, like it's just kind of me. If anything, I don't. Like, yeah, I know it's a whole, we have a brand and everything like that. But, you know, I'm just being myself, you know, and just being myself consistently enough that people kind of get the vibes, if that makes any sense. So they kind of like go hand in hand for me, if anything. Mm. I just want the music, with me, I just want the music to speak for me. Mm -hmm. And... You know, yeah, to me, I just want the music to speak for me. Like, don't just like, don't like, don't like my music because you like my personality. Mm-hmm. Like, like, because the fact of the matter is you don't know me. Mm-hmm. You don't know, like, you don't know me. You don't know what type of shit I'm into. Don't just like my music because you like me. Like the music because you like the music. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the wrong way to go about it in this climate, but it's just, that's just me. It's just like me as a bonus, not a requirement. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because again, I put a lot of money, I put a lot of money and thought in, into this song. I don't want you to take it away from me. Uh, I don't like him. He does only fans refuse. He does. No, nigga, what does that have to do with the fucking song? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What does, have to, what does that have to do with the fucking song? But it goes back to what you said. With listeners of today, your personality, your music goes hand in hand. So, And considering the type of people that went down recently, I can understand, I can understand why they have that train of thought. Mm-hmm. But with me, it's, not, it's really not the case. Yeah. It's, but again, I don't know it's the type of thought for me to have. Yeah. So that's where every now and then it gets conflicting once you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. 
Yeah, so I can understand why. Like, so I can understand why you put more emphasis. I can understand why, but to me, you put more emphasis on your. You put emphasis on your music, and then, okay, I, I can understand why. I can understand why. That makes more sense. But um, I don't want to take up. I don't want to take up too too much of your time. The fact that you gave me your time, like it really, it really does mean a lot to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank I really, you I really appreciate. I really. Right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't even think you would like agree to be on because again, we don't engage as much. So I didn't think you would like be willing to come on this shit. Nah, nah, of course. Like I, I like you know, like I like conversations. Like so, yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. And. um yeah, this is Aria Linnell. And and if there's something you want to like, you know what, fuck it. Take this time to promote yourself. Fuck it. Right. <laughs> you're, probably, you're the first person to come up here, so okay. get your shit off. I mean, I'm Aria Linnell. Uh, I'm at Aria Linnell literally on every single platform. Um, my website is arialinnell.com. And I'm available on literally every streaming service. So come holla at your girl. <laughs> and oh, before I let you go, you're you just put your joint on the NFT thing, right? I sure did. Yeah, because I just remember I saw that 3D joint. Like that yep. shit looking for. I ain't gonna front that. I'm still iffy. I'm a little iffy about the NFT shit now, mm-hmm. but I'm not even gonna hold it. That that NFT of you and Duran, like, that shit look fly. I'm not even going to hold you. it. That looks Thank fly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's not specifically me and Duran, because, you know, but it's just like, yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's just like a representation of the song and, like, the artist Isaac, you know, Odago, he did, like, a really, really amazing job at what he did. So, yeah, I'm I'm really proud of it, too. Thank you. Like, is that what comes like is that what comes with the song like is that how you're presenting it Yeah like it's it's a that one is a one of one so you know like if someone goes on to like Zora essentially and like you know buys it off the auction and stuff like that that will be like their one of one kind of piece to like commemorate like last lovers release you know so like i don't know it's like it's it's like a memento kind of you know almost so yeah that's dope i'll say that that's dope thank you that's dope that's definitely dope but um yeah shout out to aria linnell for coming for coming on and one of these days i'm gonna make an excuse to get i'm gonna one of these days i'm gonna make an i'm finally get you on the song okay one of these days one of these days mm-hmm. it's okay. just one of these days like i'm like i book i bookmarked it like whenever i come across a fl- like a dope artist it's just i was like i'm gonna look for an excuse to get them on the song i because i don't like getting people on songs just to say i have them it's just to me it's just gotta make sense yeah i totally feel you on that i totally feel you on that that's why out of time came together the way it came because mm-hmm. it took a minute, but it made sense once I heard it like get this yeah, this needs a single on here. So mm-hmm. 
I don't want to just get something and it doesn't fit and it doesn't fit in because it makes to me it makes everybody look bad. Mm-hmm. It makes everybody look bad. So, but um, yeah. Once again, thank you for coming on and for but that's just no, me it's on like- a Monday. Nah, it's just like, but also it's like the first like, you know, interview type thing. Like the more you do it, the more like, it'll be like sec- second nature, you know, like it'll be like second nature. So yeah, thank you so much. This was fun. Yeah, nah. Like, thank you for coming on. Like it really, like it really means a lot. Like out of, out of everybody I sent the call to, you're probably like the only one that actually, you're probably like one of the two that actually followed through. So <laughs> No, no doubt no doubt well thank you thank you for having me on here and it's yeah it's been it's been fun it's been fun thank you all right um this is riley this is riley randoms and definitely y'all should definitely y'all should check out her 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 latest single last lovers and as well as her as well as her other songs like she can like this is not me saying it because she's on here. Like she really can't say it. she puts a lot of thought and detail into her shit. From like I said, from the rollouts to the pictures, all the way to her songs. And the fact that you you literally do everything. Like, yeah. It makes sense. Like, oh yeah, she's definitely nitpicky about her shit. But it's it pays off, obviously. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And I'm Aria Linnell. <laughs> I, um, one. <laughs>